Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half full editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host David Weinshaw. How are you, Dave? I'm doing well. Yourself? I am well. Looking forward to this episode. We have a special guest, Christopher Kimball from Milk Street. Should be fun. His signature cocktail, the Shaken Old Fashioned, which we have uh, talked about on Half Full before. Um, and uh, love to hear a little bit more about that drink and some of his other uh, philosophies and ideas about bartending. Without further ado, we will get Chris on the line now. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for joining us today. We uh, appreciate uh, you coming on to uh, Life Behind Bars. Welcome. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you. Obviously, Milk Street you know, has a huge following for the TV show, for your podcast, for, for books. Um, and, you know, what I really love about what you do and, and, and your colleagues is, you know, it's so much about not just cooking, but also, you know, I think drinking and entertaining really is, is a big part of that. It is odd that food is related to drinking and entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just a cooking class here, right? Thank God, you know, it's the fun part of life. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say in my earlier life, which, uh, spanned many decades i think <laughs> the joy of cooking was not really part of it you know it was it was the science of cooking or right. the techniques of cooking and then i kind of figured out later in life that geez this really ought to be fun let's not sweat all the details um this is not like learning latin in seventh grade which i <laughs> still remember how painful that was mm -hmm. me too yeah, I mean, I, I took, I think I got a C. I was not, um, I, I could never figure out why anybody would want to learn. Nobody speaks it, so and whatever. Well, so um, I, I went to it in, in later life and, uh, and actually got a PhD in Latin poetry. So. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that, that shows you have your, your priorities really sorted. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm a drinks writer. So there you go. Well, uh, drinking and Latin go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah they're um, necessary. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't think there's not any science to cooking or there's not a method there is. But, um, you know, I, I notice when I travel around the world, people are actually enjoying being in the kitchen. I think American culture has up until recently tried to paint cooking as an inconvenience. Right. But it's, it, it should not be an inconvenience. It, it should be actually something that's, dare I say, fun to do. I mean, it can be a pleasant ritual. Yeah. You know, it can be the uh, a way of of uh, focusing after a hard day, uh, as long as uh, you you make it make it that way, and it's not going to be like that every day, but uh, that should be a, a goal, I would imagine. Well, I think part of the problem has been uh, the American definition. I use the term American loosely, is you know of a meal 
and it's, you know, made into veg or it's, you know, it's a, it's a recipe, it's a process. But if you look at the way other people eat around the world, you know, you can just make some rice and do a quick stir fry or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be a meal the way we think of a meal. Um, it can be very simple. Many cultures, you know, scramble eggs with tomatoes, you know, and some spices right. and that's it. So I, I think that's one of the things I finally figured out, <laughs> brilliant me, is that, <laughs> you know, you can have three or four ingredients in, in 10 minutes and yeah, that's also fine. Um, you know, stir fried rice is like a seven minute recipe, right? I, I think everyone's getting away from the meal as a, as a concept. For so many people over the last year or so, you know, being at home, you know, cooking has definitely become like a real, you know, escape and, you know, something that they look forward to. And for somebody like yourself, who, you know, that's what they do, you know, is it, is it still enjoyable for you? Like at the end of the day, after a long day to, of thinking and writing and talking about food to go home and, and make food or, or, or is it lost some of well, it? At the end of a long day, the thing that I, I, I look forward to is the old fashioned, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, glass of wine. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, the, the one of the things people should know is if you're in the business, like I am with a kitchen here, you know, I'm in the office five days a week in downtown Boston, you know, most of us don't cook at night during the week because we have all this food, right? So we, we do takeout from our own kitchen very often. Uh, it's, it's not true all the time, but very often it is. Or you've, you've eaten a lot. I might eat 10 or 15 things during the day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, did, we had tacos yesterday, so we did five different kinds of tacos. <laughs> um, I shrimp tacos, I have fish tacos, I have beef tacos, I have pork tacos. I had four, five different salsas. But I really do look forward on you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I love Sunday afternoons because that's when I do a lot of cooking uh, or Saturday afternoon. So yes, I love it still. And during the week, you know, I'll also throw something together quickly if I'm sick of what I had in the office. So Mm -hmm. I never look at cooking as drudgery. I think if you were someone who had to cook three meals a day, seven days a week, uh, you go back to the 1880s in Fannie Farmer's time, uh, there was a huge movement uh, among women uh, because they were spending, you know, 60, 70 hours a week in the kitchen by the stove. Um, and for them, it was drudgery because that, you know, that's also, that's a coal stove because it was hot, you know, so, so they, they wanted communal kitchens, right. Where people could cook and it's, it's an old fashioned, it's an old idea, which keeps coming up, but, um, that's not what we're talking about here. Um, you know, so yeah, I still look forward to it. When you were talking about the the old fashioned, I know, um, you know, we recently ran a story on Half Bowl um, for our house screen column about your your signature um, Manhattan recipe, and uh, you had uh, boldly revealed that um, you like to shake your Manhattans, right? Yep. That that is, uh, and I think that probably took a lot of people by surprise, since you know. <laughs> Most, you know, people make their Manhattans by stirring it with ice, but you could you walk us through a little bit about like, yeah. you know, you know, about why you do it and, and where that well, it was an old fashioned actually, it wasn't Manhattan, but oh, old fashioned. similar, but uh, yeah, I mean, there, there are two reasons. Um, the old, you know, the old rule is drink it fast and drink it cold, right? And I just don't understand people who sit there with a napkin around their old fashioned glass for half an hour as the ice slowly melts and dilutes the alcohol. So I drink mine fast. And so I want it cold. I don't want it, you know, warm. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and shaking obviously chills it down fast. Uh, and also the theory is, as you guys know, you know, if, if the proof is over 85, you end up losing a lot of the other flavors as too hot. Um, and so a little bit of dilution is great. I don't want to wait 10 minutes, you know, for the ice. Right. To melt. I, I want it to be perfect when I get that first sip. I don't want to wait. So I want it cold and I want enough dilution. So I, I'm not just tasting alcohol. I can taste everything else in the bourbon and the rye and the bitters and everything else. So I do want a little bit of dilution. I mean, I can also stir it, you know, with ice cubes as well, but I find a quick shake. It's, it's like 10 shakes. It's not 30 or 40. I stir mine, but I always uh, crack a couple of the ice cubes, which gets you in the same place. Yeah. Much. Uh, so I put in like two whole ice cubes and two that I've uh, whacked with my bar spoon. And, and then you just stir it up. Cracked ice get, gets you a very cold drink. Uh, because of the surface area. The problem with cocktails is, or or not the problem, but um, a slight variation makes a huge difference. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, if you make, if you make an old fashioned with bourbon and no rye in it, it just doesn't have that spicy, you know, counterpoint to any sweetness. Uh, or if you use the wrong bourbon, I mean, it's, it is one of those things that is, if you're persnickety and I'm definitely persnickety, it's it's the perfect thing for persnickety people. There are endless ways to obsess about uh, your cocktails. You know, some people obsess about having a huge block of ice in there, and they want just one block of ice that's perfectly crystal clear. And I, I look at them like, you know, they've landed from from no. Venus or something. But uh, <laughs> you know, I don't get that huge black ice thing because it, there's so many things wrong with it. First of all. I, I like the sound of ice. Mm -hmm. uh, and I use fairly large cubes, but it, there's three or four in, in an old fashioned glass. Um, and I like the way physically drinking it. Um, if you just have one cube, there's something deeply unsatisfying because the, the cube's not moving around in the glass. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think it chills it the same way. Oh, no. As well. It's, it's too warm. So I, I, you know, and I, I've had fights, you know, in New York, I won't mention where, but you know, <laughs> they, they hand me this drink with this humongous thing of ice. I'm going like, uh, well, could I just get, you know, like ice cubes? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't have ice cubes. <laughs> well, yeah. what do you, isn't this a bar? I mean, what? people take their ice programs very seriously. And, you know, the, the world of cocktails, I guess, is a big tent and uh, I'm happy to drink with such people and, and uh, count some of them as, 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 as dear friends. but. I'm never going to do it that seriously. It's just not not in me. And uh, like you, Chris, I, I drink my cocktails very quickly uh, because I like them cold. Well, they, I, I think there actually are, you know, there's a lot of ways you can divide, you know, the human population. Yeah. But I, I think for people who drink their cocktails cold and fast, that's one group. Yeah. And then there's everybody else. But I think that's, <laughs> there's, there's that one group. I just... You know, my father-in-law, who I do, whom I adore, uh, he he will spend forty-five minutes drinking his cocktail, and I'm just uh, going like, my God, you know, it's just water. It's flavored water by the time <laughs> you get to the end of this process. And uh, you know, I, I guess the good thing is he has enough self-control. You know, it's it mm -hmm. shows he can smoke two cigarettes a day or something. I don't know, whatever the deal right, is. Right, right. <laughs> not, not me. I, I was a two-pack a day person in college, but uh, I I want it when it's ideal. I don't want it you know, past its whatever mm -hmm. point of perfection. As a longtime, you know, fan of the old fashioned, has it surprised you that it's become 
so popular again that you know it's, it seems like it's everywhere and there are all types of crazy permutations with you know all types of spirits and uh, ingredients oh like the ones with bacon and you know the bacon yeah is, no thanks <laughs> you know I don't, I don't, america has this obsession i think other cultures are, are less obsessed with variations on the theme to personalize everything everything's got to be personalized like we all have to have our personalized t-shirt right and i don't think that works with cocktails you know just like please just don't i mean you can be finicky about whether you stir it or shake it, but the fundamental concept, it's called the old fashioned for a reason, right? It's like the yeah, first cocktail. Yeah, it was the old, it was the original cocktail. So it was a good idea. So yeah, you could argue about, do you want to put cherries and do you put the, is it cherries that have been steeped in cognac or is it the, the Italian ones or, you know, yeah, you, you can argue about what kind of bitters and do you use orange bitters or, you know, whatever, fine. You, you don't need 150 variations on the old fashioned. I mean, you, if that's what you like, that's fine, but I don't. I just want the perfect old fashioned. Right. So I think on Twitter, a bartender is complaining that he saw a Negroni listed on a menu that had neither Campari, sweet vermouth, or gin. So it was just essentially <laughs> like a three ingredient drink. And it was like, mm. that may be delicious, but it's not a Negroni. I mean, that's. That's the problem. Oh, oh for three is pretty bad. I got it. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think the problem is like recipes. The problem is once in a while, someone really does come up with something great, you know. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with a cocktail. There are, yeah, people have invented great cocktails. I mean, the you know, the tiki cocktails from post-World War II some of those actually, you know, sort of entered the, the, the lexicon here, but there are just too many variations. Too many people want to put their name on a cocktail and it's okay. That's fine. I mean, nothing wrong with it. But. I think you're right. It is an American uh, obsession. Uh, I'm, I'm half Italian and my family over there, you know, they cook very simple variations yeah. on standard recipes that everybody in Italy knows. But they obsess about their ingredients, and they make yes. sure that they right. they know the, the couple tricks that you need to do this this dish right. And you know the cooking is delicious, but it's not creative and it's not innovative. No, no. if you go to Bologna and have ragu bolognese, uh, th yeah. there's no there's no argument about what's in it. No, you you could argue about whether the, the beef was within ten miles of your restaurant or thirty miles, or whether the tomatoes were imported or not, but. You know, it's it's a pretty standard recipe. And there's a lot of competition, but it's about execution. Exactly. It's not about uh, creativity. It's about getting it just right. I mean, you should see yeah. my, my aunt in Trieste making uh, tomato sauce with basil. It's a very complicated process for one of the simplest sauces in the world. <laughs> you know, I think that's because in Italy, in most places, the, the egos are not such that, that it's going to be your bolognese. It's just going to be ragu bolognese, or it's going to be tortellini and brodo, whatever it is. You're not trying to reinvent it. You're trying to 
just make it well. And you're perfectly happy to be part of a communal experience with other people in the country who are also making it. And you're not trying to stand out as, as being a, a, a unique creative soul in the kitchen, right? Yeah, but you are trying to stand out as being the person who does it the best. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, that's true. Absolutely. And, you know, yes. you're, 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 there is competition and it's like, oh, you know, your aunt, she's a lovely lady, but uh, I'm sorry, that's not a Borua Salvia sauce that she makes. You know? No, the, the, the ultimate thing is you make it better than your mother-in-law, right? Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, that's really, you know, that's, <laughs> That's the hard part. <laughs> Those are fighting but, words. Yeah, but but it's but still, I I like the fact the culture people feel more comfortable being part of something than oh, wanting yeah. to stand oh, yeah. out as being distinctly different. And I think that's that's so American to to want to do that. I mean, I think we could definitely use a little more of that in bars, and maybe after COVID, I think we're seeing a little more of it. Also, is you know dialing back some of the. the variations that are there just for the sake of of saying hey look at me and you know maybe focusing a little more on on drinks that please the customer let's hope uh we'll we'll see what happens with that but it's going to be interesting i think there's real pleasure in having the same thing over and over again but done slightly differently because of the mm -hmm. skill of the person doing it so if you're comparing to the last 50 times you had an old fashioned, I, I find great pleasure in that because you you get more nuanced and you understand the drink better, right? Um, if someone's right. using Peugeot, you know, bitters, which I can't stand, um, you know, th then that's, it, it's still an old fashioned, but it's a very different experience. And I, I like that because you're, you're, you're going back. It's like singing the same song. I'm a huge deadhead. So like, you know, I listen to those songs over and over again, or I played them. Right. Other people play them. Well, every time it's played, it's the same song, but it's not, right? It's. I mean, it's one Sugar Magnolia, or it's another one, but you know, it's it's different all, all through the middle. Well, that that was the whole concept of the Dead. We're going to play the same song yeah. every night differently, right? Uh, and that that was such a brilliant concept. Is it's the same repertoire more or less, but a totally different performance. Mm. And that's the same with the cocktail rallies. Right? It's the same song, but it's a different performance. What may I ask is is uh, your your problem with the Peychaud's bitters? Is it the flavor or or I I can't stand the flavor. I think it's too, I think it's too. It's not bitters. It feels too strong. It's it's too floral or weird, and I think it really uh, upsets trying to taste the rye. I like rye in my old fashioned, you know, or the bourbon. I think it just doesn't work. I, I think really good bitters. There's there's some bitters out of London. A friend of mine sent me recently. They're great. It's there as as a foundational support for the drink, but I think the Peychauds is just in left field. It, it it doesn't really. It's not subtle enough and doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. It has too much of its own personality. I think. But I like to use it with brandy mostly. I think it works very well with that. But as in a brandy old fashioned like yeah. they have in the also with scotch. It's very oh. weird. If you try oh. a Scotch old fashioned. I know it sounds strange, but uh, it can be very pleasant. But their patients really work. I don't think I'm going to do a Scotch old fashioned. I'm sorry. I'm, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I'm at an age. I don't have enough years left to try a Scotch old fashioned. <laughs> if I was 30, I might try it because I could get over it by the time I'm 40. But I don't. I, I might not have enough recovery time. It, it, it can, you know, be a profound uh, shaking of the worldview. That's for sure. But uh... yeah, it, it depends whether a profound shaking of my worldview is something actually I want to put on my to do list. I don't know. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>
Probably not. You know, you, 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 I agree. You do reach a certain point and, you know, you've, you've had enough shaking. <laughs> well, I mean, I look, I still travel or hopefully start again next month. I, I still travel the world and I'm open to lots of new experiences and stuff. But I think once you've you've arrived at happiness with something, I, I think, you know, you, you got to have some things that just don't change in life. And, and that's my old fashioned. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to start playing with that. I, I mean, if there was a new drink someone made, that's that's a different thing. But there have to be some things that are are pillars of sameness. Well, I, I won't suggest the uh, Holland Gin old fashioned then, because uh, that would be just too crazy. Please don't. Uh, but uh, it's very, you know, a very old American drink. And, and Wait, is it called an old fashioned, or is it called something else? Uh, well, it's an old fashioned Holland Gin cocktail. It goes back to the, you know. <laughs> when they first started calling things old fashions and that brings you back to the gin cocktail which was the original american cocktail and because we drank holland gin not london gin uh in in, in the east coast here and that's more like whiskey anyway i mean the geneva yeah it's, it's very but it's more like you know it's more like, like a malt whiskey yeah. like a, a lightly flavored malt whiskey but uh it's a it can be a really good drink i have to say well, I think a fairly large percentage of the population of London in the 1880s was starting the day with gin. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't very frankly, good gin, yeah. but it was the alcohol of choice, right? I've got an interview with a bartender from about 1860 in Brooklyn, and he's telling the reporter that he serves as many cocktails at eight in the morning as he does yeah. at eight at night. I was years ago, I was in London and I was getting a tour for some reason of something or other, anyway. Uh, and he mentioned, uh, we were at Seven Dials uh, mm -hmm. area, and he said, yeah, if you were here in the 1880s, by eight in the morning, you know, half the people would be drunk already. You know, Fanny Farmer, the Boston Cooking School cookbook, mm -hmm. that the Boston Cooking School was started in large part to combat the effects of alcoholism and, and bad nutrition. Um, so it was also true here in Boston. Well, yeah, I mean, Boston had a reputation too, for sure. Well, it still does. It's just <laughs> it's much less exciting, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have uh, a lot of travel plans for this summer or for the fall coming up? Or yeah, my wife's trying to get rid of me. I, I got to go. She produces our TV show, so I have to go to LA in June. Uh, I have to go to Savannah to back in the day bakery, Cheryl Day, and then I'm going actually Crete in September. Wow. Um, wow. There's a wonderful cook there. I just adore Mariana and she wrote a great book called Aegean. And I'm going there. And I just can't wait. Her father still has a small boat. He's a fisherman on a small boat, his own boat. Uh, we're going to go out with him. And it just sounds. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, well, let's go up in the hills and, uh, you know, grill some food and have dinner, you know, kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it sounds good. That's amazing. And that will be for the TV show or, or for the. That's the secret is if I say it's for TV show, I can get the company to pay for it. And then <laughs> it's a legitimate expense. You know, that's just organizing your, your life in an intelligent way where, where the, your work is, is also fun. Well, I have to say, although no one cares and, and I get no sympathy, but if, if you travel, I mean, it is a long, you are working. Oh, yeah. But you know what? I, I, don't think, I think I can deal with it. It's just fine. <laughs> We'll suffer through. Do you have a old fashioned travel kit that you take with you, like to different places? That, like you? No, pack? no. I I drink what's local. So you know, if I was when I was in Mexico City or Oaxaca, it would be mezcal shots constantly. So <laughs> pretty much. Oh, there's your breakfast run. Right. <laughs>
Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 used as a very convivial, uh, you know, welcome to my home kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get a lot of it. Yeah, you know? I mean, you yep. you end up around a table with a family going through an entire bottle of this stuff. You know, so it's 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 not a one shot experience. Put it that way. We had earthenware pitchers full of it on the table when while the sisters who ran the uh, Polenki I was at uh, were cooking one of the one of their semi-wild pigs for us <laughs> mole last time I was down there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. It was pretty it was pretty amazing. Maybe one of the best meals I've ever had. Yeah, it's funny how you you end up in the least likely situation to have the best food in your life. Mm-hmm. It's true. All the all the ingredients in the mole were grown on their on their property. <laughs> it was amazing. It was uh, well, mole, mole's misunderstood a lot. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a sauce. You know, like a yellow mole is essentially cornmeal and some other things. It's very different. They're all very different. And yeah. But I, I like the idea of, you know, nuts in it and the idea of sugar there just to balance other ingredients and the depth of it. And uh, it's a, a really good mole is phenomenal. These 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 ladies were uh, extremely good at what they did, you know. <laughs> well, going back to our earlier conversation, that's yeah, because exactly. they've been doing that same mole for 30 years. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and the pig was, uh, just a, there it's, it's brothers and sisters were penned up in the yard and they were big and mean and, uh, really like semi-feral and, uh, boy, that was some, some gamey pork, but, uh, you know, in a good way. You know, here in the States, usually, um, I used to raise pigs, you know, they'd be 180 to 200 pounds, but it, when you get a 300 pound pig, that's a different thing entirely. Those are estimable animals. You look at them and you go, uh, I really don't want to uh, wrestle with this guy. Well, it's all those movies, you know, there's the sort of uh, spy movies where the the guy gets fed to the pig at the end. Right. I mean, yeah, that's right. That's, you could you could see why they're, they're not nice. It's sort of a Hannibal Lecter moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eat or be eaten. Right. Yeah. And that's a nose to tell, but it's your nose. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's a pig's tail, you know, we'll. we'll yeah. uh, We'll call it a match. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I uh, like behind bars, safe travels. Uh, we'll look out for the segments on uh, Milk Street, the TV show, and also in uh, your magazine you. and uh, the book. Hopefully, we'll meet for uh, shaking old fashions uh, at, at some point on the road. Well, you'll stir, I'll shake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm willing to try the shake. I'm willing to try it. Yeah. You don't have to. That's fine. I'll, I'll do it my way. You do it yours. That's the whole point. It's like the, the deadhead school of mixology. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll each do it our own way. Maybe that's it. The dead, the deadhead bartender's guide. There <laughs> <laughs> there, there'd be no recipes, though. <laughs> no, you just kind of, you know, improvise yeah. as you go along. Yeah, right. Exactly. One should. That's, that's yeah. what Jerry would do. Be a thousand page book with one recipe. Oh. But, uh, yeah. and no directions, but uh, yeah, and just a lot of drawings. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, guys, thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. All right, take, take care. care. Cheers. Dave and I encourage you to drink responsibly always. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 